Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 10 of Revelation chapter 16. And we're going to be looking at Revelation 16, verse 10. And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seed of the beast, and his kingdom was full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues for pain. Now in our last study, we were looking at the beginning part of this verse, that the vial of the wrath of God was poured out upon the seed of the beast, and we saw that the beast is the name given to Satan exclusively for the Great Tribulation period, and God did not target the beast or Satan for judgment until the Great Tribulation concluded. During the time of the Great Tribulation, or the judgment on the church, God wasn't judging the beast He was using the beast, Satan, to judge the church. Satan was his servant, who was accomplishing the will of God in destroying the churches and congregations of the world. Now, in our last study, we went to the book of Daniel. In Daniel chapter 7, And we saw that the judgment was set, the beast was slain, and yet God said, The rest of the beasts had their dominion taken away, but their lives prolonged. They continue to exist for a period of time. And the only way that would be possible is exactly as we have come to learn from the Bible, that on May 21, 2011, God brought judgment on the world and Satan and put him down, deposing him and but not utterly destroying him. That's uh, held until the very end of Judgment Day, the conclusion, uh, which in all likelihood will be 1,600 days from the beginning point. And, And so Satan is defeated to begin with, yet continues to exist until the judgment period is complete. And that matches the language of Daniel chapter 7. The beast is killed, but the rest of the beasts, and the rest of the beasts are also a reference to Satan, continue to exist. Satan is judged May 21, 2011, yet his final destruction does not take place until the entire duration of Judgment Day, a prolonged period of time, has been fulfilled. Now there's another historical example of the judgment of Satan at one point and the the beast or the rest of the beast continuing to go on until another point which relates to judgment day and this is found in the book of Esther now in Esther the main characters are King Ahasuerus who's a type and figure of God, Esther herself, who represents the true believers, and Haman, who typifies Satan, and 
Mordecai, who is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ, as well as Haman's ten sons, who also typify Satan. Remember in Revelation 13, when we we saw the language of the beast coming up out of the sea, it said in verse 1, And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. So the beast had ten horns. Haman had ten sons. They, they're a picture of Satan, just as Haman was a picture of Satan. Well, Haman uh, hated the Jews because of Mordecai. Mordecai refused to bow down to him and to honor him as others did. And Mordecai learned that, or Haman learned that Mordecai was a Jew and he talked to the king and offered the king a bounty if the king would permit him to destroy all the Jews. And King Ahasuerus agreed and Haman paid him a large sum of money and then Purim, or the lot was cast, and this was in the beginning of the year, and the lot was cast from month to month and day to day, and the date, the twelfth month and thirteenth day, was selected for the time when the Jews would be destroyed. They would, they would perish on that day. Now, it's interesting that in that date of Purim, 12.13 comes into view because the number 12 points to fullness and number 13 to superfulness or the end of the world. For instance, 1988 was the 13,000th year of Earth's history and began the period of the end. The Great Tribulation began in that year and and that brought in the end of the world time period. And also the Bible speaks of Earth's history in the sense that it really should be 12,000 years in duration because the promised Messiah did not come until after 11,000 years of history and then Christ was born in 7 B.C., in 11,006 years from creation. And then he went to the cross, we know, in 33 AD, and Satan was bound at that point. And the Bible indicates he was bound for a thousand years. And then he would be loosed at the time of the end for a little season, or the Great Tribulation. So, when when we put that together, that there was 11,000 years of history till Christ's coming... And then at Christ's coming, Satan's bound for what the Bible says is a thousand years. And then he's loosed at the time of the end. That would indicate 11,000 plus 1,000 years of binding, 12,000 years. And then the time of the end. But in actuality, the thousand years was a, a, a figurative number. The, the actual years were 1955 or almost 2,000. So when Satan is loosed at the point that we would expect 12,000 years, in in reality, he was loosed in 1988 to begin the judgment process on the church. It was the 13,000th year. 
And with the date of Purim, the twelfth month, thirteenth day, God is indicating that it's pointing to the final judgment. The final judgment. It's, it's Satan's desire to destroy the people of God at the point of the final judgment. And, and, and yet God disappoints that desire and turns it around. And instead of the Jews being destroyed or, or God's people, it is the enemies of the Jews who are destroyed. Now, what's really interesting about this is that the enemies of the Jews perish on this 13th day of the 12th month, and Haman's ten sons perish on that day, but Haman himself has already been dead for some time. He He's killed earlier in the book of Esther, months before this this set date of Purim, the 13th day of the 12th month. So it would be interesting and significant if we could find out, if possible, the date in which Haman was killed. And Haman, remember Esther said of him, the adversary and the enemy is this wicked Haman. And the word adversary relates to Satan. The the name Satan means adversary. He's a definite type of Satan. And, and therefore, in the book of Esther, we have Haman, the type of Satan, killed, and yet his ten sons continue on for several months until the set date, and then they are killed. That is, there's, there's a period of time between the death of Haman and the death of his ten sons, which matches with Daniel chapter 7's statement that the beast was slain and the rest of the beasts had their dominion taken away, but they continued to live for a time and a season after the beast was killed. And also, Haman's ten sons at the point of Haman's death, had their dominion taken away because Mordecai, who's a type of Christ, was given the house of Haman. So all that Haman ruled over, which his sons would have enjoyed the privilege and and authority associated with Haman in his rule, all that Haman ruled over, though, was taken away at the point of Haman's death. And therefore the ten sons lived on without dominion, without authority, or power, or rule. Uh, they, they, they continued on, but there was quite a difference in their existence from the point of Haman's death. Well, is there any way we can pinpoint exactly when it was that Haman died? Well, let's go to Esther chapter 3. In this verse, in Esther 3, it says, in verse 12, Then were the king's scribes called on the thirteenth day of the first month, and there was written, according to all that Haman had commanded unto the king's lieutenants, and to the governors that were over every province, and to the rulers of every people of every province, according to the writing thereof, and to every people, 
after their language, in the name of King Ahasuerus was it written, and sealed with the king's ring. And the letters were sent by post into all the king's provinces to destroy, to kill, and to cause to perish all Jews, both young and old, little children and women, in one day, even upon the thirteenth day of the twelfth month, which is the month Adar, and to take the spoil of them for a prey. The copy of the writing for a commandment to be given in every province was published unto all people, that they should be ready against that day. The posts went out being hastened by the king's commandment, and the decree was given in Shushan the palace, and the king and Haman sat down to drink, but the city Shushan was perplexed. So the decree of the destruction of the Jews is given, it's approved by the king, and and the posts, the messengers of the king, are sent into every province, the 127 provinces, the king Ahasuerus ruled over, and the the decree originated from Shushan the palace, where King Ahasuerus and Haman were located, where Esther was, and and that means that the message or the news of Purim would have been immediate in Shushan. It would have taken some time for these posts to travel uh, to the outlying provinces and and uh, especially the furthest ones as King Hashreras reigned over provinces from India unto Ethiopia. So um, not everyone heard the information all at once, but eventually all the provinces heard, starting with the city Shushan, they knew the very same day. They knew, therefore, the 13th day of the first month that the decree was established. Now, we we read um, that Mordecai hears about it and begins to sit in sackcloth and ashes. And then Esther finds out that Mordecai is in, in sackcloth and ashes and she sends one of her servants to Mordecai and we find um, in Esther 4, in verse 9, And Hatak came and told Esther the words of Mordecai. And and Mordecai wants her to go um, before the king to make supplication unto him concerning this decree. And in Esther 4, verse 10, Again, Esther spake unto Hatak and gave him commandment unto Mordecai. And the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces do know that whosoever, whether man or woman, shall come unto the king into the inner court who is not called, there is one law of his to put him to death, except such to whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter, that he may live. But I have not been called to come in unto the king these thirty days. Now notice that Esther says these 30 days rather than for 30 days. That, uh, that is, if, if she was trying to just say the period of time since she had seen the king, um, the last time she had seen the king, she would just say, but I haven't been called to go into the king for, for 30 days. But she instead says she has not been called to come in unto the king 
these 30 days. And the reason for that is that the decree was first given on the 13th day of the first month. And Esther is, is letting Mordecai know who, uh, who has been occupied in, in sitting in sackcloth and ashes that, look, I haven't had an opportunity. I, I haven't had an occasion to go into the king to talk to him about it since this decree was first given 30 days ago. In, in other words, Esther is saying that this is the point 30 days from which the decree was first given in the city Shushan, which would mean that it's the 13th day of the second month when um, her her messenger relays um, these messages between her and Mordecai. It's 30 days since the original decree, the 13th day of the first month. It's the 13th day of the second month. But then Mordecai um, tells Esther in verse 14, For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Then Esther bade them return to Mordecai this answer. Go, gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also, my maidens, will fast likewise, and so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. And uh, so, so now Esther is agreeing, I will talk to the king about this, and I'm going to do something very dangerous in going into the king without being called. Uh, he, he could put me to death unless, um, he, uh, unless I find favor in his sight and so forth. But the interesting thing is, we're told that Esther wants them first to fast for her, and, and, and not eat or drink for three days and, and three nights. And again, it was the 13th day of the second month because it's 30 days since this decree was given. And now on the 13th day of the second month, Esther tells them fast three days, three nights. That will be the 14th day of the second month, the 15th day of the second month, and the 16th day of the second month. And then on the 16th day of the second month, Esther requests for King Ahasuerus and Haman to appear at her banquet. And both agree, Haman is overjoyed. And But, but then notice what happens when they appear on that banquet, which is the 16th day of the second month. It says... In uh, verse 6 of Esther 5, And the king said unto Esther at the banquet of wine, What is thy petition? And it shall be granted thee. And what is thy request? Even to the half of the kingdom it shall be performed. Then answered Esther, and said, My petition and my request is, If I have found favor in the sight of the king, and if it please the king to grant my petition and to perform my request, 
Let the king and Haman come to the banquet that I shall prepare for them, and I will do tomorrow as the king has said. So now let, let's lay this out again. On the thirteenth day of the first month, the decree is given. Esther has not been called to come in these thirty days since that decree, indicating at the point of her conversation with Mordecai it was the thirteenth day of the second month. Then she requests prayer and fasting for three days and three nights. And, and, and it's on the sixteenth day of the second month she holds a banquet for Ahasuerus and for Haman. And then, with really no um, um, reason that, that we can tell, uh, when they come to that banquet, uh, Esther says, come tomorrow. And, and that would make it the 17th day of the second month is the second banquet of wine uh, between Esther and Ahasuerus and Haman. The 17th day of the second month. Now, why does that date sound familiar? Well, that was the day that God shut the door of the ark, and and in uh, shutting the door, he secured the safety of the eight souls within, and he also assured the destruction of everyone not within everyone else in the world. And that was the day, 7,000 years from the flood in 4990 B.C. And, and until 2011 A.D., that May 21, 2011, which was the 8400th day of the Great Tribulation, the exact 23rd year, that date of May 21, 2011, concluded the 23-year the Great Tribulation and had as the underlying Hebrew calendar date the 17th day of the second month. Therefore, that date of 217 locks in May 21, 2011. And Esther's second banquet to be held the following day would be on the 17th day of the second month. And, and certainly, uh, God is indicating that this relates to Judgment Day beginning. Well, what happened when when uh, Ahasuerus and Haman are called to the banquet? Well, we we know the story. They're there, and the king grants Esther whatever she wants to the half of his kingdom, and. And then we read in Esther 7, verse 5, Then the king Ahasuerus answered and said unto Esther the queen, Who is he, and where is he that durst presume in his heart to do so? Now Esther had just told him that her people and herself were to be destroyed and to be slain and so forth. And, and King Ahasuerus, who represents God, is indignant. Who would dare to do this kind of thing? Tell me. And then in Esther 7, verse 6, And Esther said, The adversary and enemy is this wicked Haman. Then Haman was afraid before the king and the queen. On what day? 17th day of the second month. Haman's afraid. And the king leaves to uh, call the guards. 
and and quickly returns and finds Haman on the bed trying to plead for his life with Esther. Uh, and, and then the king says, well, we forced the queen also. And they covered Haman's face. And then in verse 9 of Esther 7, And Harbona, one of the chamberlains, said before the king, Behold also the gallows, fifty cubits high, which Haman had made for Mordecai, who had spoken good for the king, standeth in the house of Haman. Then the king said, Hang him thereon. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then was the king's wrath pacified. King Ahasuerus, a type of God, is wrathful on that day of the 17th day of the second month. And who is destroyed? Who's the target of his wrath? Haman. Haman, the adversary of the Jews. Haman, who hated Mordecai, the type of Christ. Haman, who pictures Satan, was beaten. He was defeated. He was hanged. And to be hanged in the Bible means you are made a curse. And and yet, still after Haman is hanged, the book of Esther continues on. The historical account did not end. We would think, well, that is the conclusion. He was the enemy. He was the architect of the destruction of the Jews. And, and that would would end the threat. But the threat was not completed. Still Haman had ten sons. Still there was a further date of the 13th day of the 12th month, the the final date, the appointed time of destruction. And, and, and we can see how all this fits with May 21, 2011, which had that underlying... Hebrew calendar date of 217, Judgment Day began, Satan is defeated, put down, but continues to exist, as God says, the rest of the beasts or the ten sons, yet without authority, just as Haman's ten sons lost their authority and dominion. It's in the following chapter, the king Ahasuerus gives the house of Haman to Mordecai, and it's also... Very interesting that uh, the command is reversed, uh, or another command is given, that the Jews may fight back. The Jews that are the people of God that were set to be destroyed, another decree is given by Mordecai, a type of Christ, for that appointed day of judgment, you fight back. You do battle with your enemies. You destroy them. And posts were sent also to all the provinces. And this, of course, fits in perfectly with the things we've been learning since May 21, 2011, for this period of time after the tribulation, that it is God's plan to publish this news, and it's God's plan to judge the world with the saints. Know ye not that the saints will judge the world? The saints will do battle in the day of battle through sharing the information from the Bible. They will pour out the vials of wrath. They will perform the reaping 
responsibility and task and so forth. And, and likewise, the Jews in the book of Esther, they fought in that time of the 13th day of the 12th month in the day of judgment. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.